This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Bucket and a mop for this wet-ass fewer. Give me everything you've got for this wet-ass fewer. Beat it up, N-word, catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this P-word right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top, I want to ride. I do a kegel while it's inside. Spit in my mouth, look in my eyes. This P-word is wet, come take a dive. I don't know exactly what to say about that other than there's a reason that we are starting with that slightly edited clip of Ben Shapiro singing WAP, which I'm not going to tell you what it is, W-A-P, you can Google it if you want to find out. But there is a reason we are showing you that at the beginning of the Rubin Report. I'm Dave Rubin. It's November 20th, 2023. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. Post-game show, as always, rubinreport.locals.com. And if you want to join us later today at 1 o'clock Eastern for people of the internet with your calls, uh, you can go ahead and do that on your computer machine as well. So you're going, okay, what, Dave, why would you start with that thing? It's Monday. It's right before Thanksgiving. Families are together right now watching the program. What are you doing? What are you doing? Well, Cardi B, who is the uh, the singer, do you call? She's a rapper, I guess, not a singer. There's a fundamental difference, I suppose, between a rapper and a singer. She's a uh, she's a rapper who sang that WAP song. Uh, she's also had it with Joe Biden, and she is now uh, part of what I would say is a growing list of celebrities that have kind of got over old Joe. And you might think, well, all right, that doesn't really matter. We shouldn't really care about what these people think. And I think there's some legitimacy to that, obviously, except that politics is downstream from culture. So when people start waking up, it starts doing other things in culture that maybe then can bubble up to politics. So that is good. So we're going to start with that. But of course, the big thing over the weekend is that Javier Malay is the new Prime, prime Minister or president? president? President. He is the new president of Argentina. He is a libertarian, some say an ANCAP, uh, and he's sort of the Trump of Argentina. And this story feels like it's going to proliferate around the globe because he's kind of wacky. He's out there. He hates the wokesters. It's it basically he ran on this like crazy anti-government, anti-spending, hate the wokesters, despise socialism. Uh, platform, uh, and he won big time, and maybe it's a bit of a signal that things can start changing in the West. So that's what we're going to be doing today, and I just realized that Clyde is in studio. Can we uh, can we take a picture of Clyde posted in Locals for the People? Clyde is hanging out in studio today. Before we get to it, guys, let me tell you about Gravity Defier Shoes. I want to tell you about something that's been making my days a whole lot easier. Gravity Defier Shoes. These shoes are something else. I mean, I'm a fan of comfortable footwear, everyone knows that, but these shoes take it to a whole new level. More than just shoes, they're basically clouds for your feet. I'm not joking. In a double-blind study by Olive View, UCLA Medical Center, and published in the Journal of the American Podiatric Medical Association, participants experienced 85% less knee pain. It's the most powerful shock absorption system put into a shoe. Gravity Defier has this patented VersoShock technology. It's like a mini trampoline in your shoes. Whether you're strolling through the park, running errands, or even just lounging at home, these shoes have got your back, or I should say your feet. Even better, they're stylish. You get both comfort and style that looks good and feels great. So here's the deal. This Gravity Defier offer is exclusive to Ruben Report listeners. Head over to gdefy.com, gdefy.com. Use the promo code Ruben20 at checkout. Get an extra 20 bucks off your first order. The $20 discount is a thank you gift from Gravity Defier for you being here with us today. Why not treat your feet to some well-deserved comfort? Check out gdefy.com, gdefy.com. Ruben20 is the code. And now back to me. Okay, so Ben Shapiro singing WAP, an odd way to start your Monday. But the reason we did it was because Cardi B, now I'm more of a Tina Turner guy myself, but Cardi B apparently is popular with the young people. Uh, she did a little video. She's had it with Joe Biden and the Democrats, and she's kind of making some sense. 
He's trying to spread this video. And if something happens to me, it's because I'm speaking truth. And here's the truth, right? In New York, there is a 120 million budget cut. There's a 120 million budget cut in New York that is going to affect schools, public libraries, and um, the police department. Y'all know I don't give a about the cops, but like it is what it is. There's going to be an $120 million budget cut with schools, with libraries, and the cops, and the police department. And a $5 million budget cut in sanitation. Of a budget cut in sanitation. Bitch, we're going to be drowning with rats. I'm not this year. Don't ask me. I don't give a the resume that they send, I don't give a I'm not endorsing no presidents no more. Because how is there a $100 million budget cut in New York City for, for um, schools, library, uh, police safety, and sanitation? Yeah, Joe Biden is talking about, like, yeah, we could fund two wars. We could fund two wars. My talking about we don't got it, but we got it. Like, we're the greatest nation. No, the we're not. We're going through some right now. Like, say it, say it. We really going through, uh, we, we, we really, 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 really are right now. I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I'm blessed. I'm whatever the But like, what ha what's going to happen to my nieces? What's going to happen to my, my nephews? What's going to happen to my cousins, my aunts, my friends? I say the word, but we're going through a recession right now. We really, really, really are. Major Eric said it. There is a budget cut going on the new, in, in, in New York. And little by little... It's going to go in your states. All right. First off, again, Connor, last week he almost broke his finger, the bleep finger. Uh, I think pretty much we took it out today. You're going to need a couple days off for Thanksgiving to get that finger in order. That's number one. Number two, what kind of hat is that that she's wearing there? What is that hat? I I'd like to wear a hat like that. What, what do you call that? It's uh, That was just a shower cap? Is that just a shower cap? I'd like to get one of those. Uh, but to the substance of what she was talking about, and I think she's a little confused about some things in that Joe Biden is not really in charge as the president of the United States with the New York City sanitation budget and things of that nature. Her overriding point that they have these types of people, right, leftists and Democrats and celebrities and Hollywood and musicians, they've all supported the Democrats and they are suddenly starting to realize that the Democrats, whether they're the president of the United States or they're the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, or the governor of New York State, Kathy Hochul, that they ruin everything, right? They need budget cuts because they created sanctuary states and sanctuary cities and they let all these people come and they give them all these services and they are literally kicking homeless people out of homeless shelters to put illegal immigrants into and all of these things. So whether she's a little muddled in sort of technically how some of this works, um, maybe the shower cap is on too tight, uh, she's making actually a good point. And basically I'm not gonna endorse anybody. Now I don't know how many people out there, we'd have to run the numbers on this, are sitting at home going, I don't know, am I gonna vote for Biden or Trump or Democrat, Republican, like what's Cardi B doing? I'll figure, you know, I'm gonna go with Cardi B. But the point is the culture does matter, right? Everything that has led to this odd place that we are at, where that suddenly, you know, chopping genitals off and beheading people uh, is somehow good to a certain set of people, it's because we have culturally failed young people, but maybe that's turning around a little bit. So now I wanna show you a video of comedian uh, Kevin Hart, he was on a podcast a couple days ago, and he too has had it with Joe Biden. And I would remind you before we play it, we showed you a clip last week of The Rock, The Rock on Joe Rogan's show, saying that he's over Joe Biden as is everybody else. So something is happening here, Kevin Hart. I was watching Biden, and there's a clip of Biden, what Biden says, and this is, I've, I've probably watched this clip. I'm not into politics yeah. at all, but this, I, yeah. Biden goes, I got something important I want to say and the whole world needs to hear it. I need everybody to listen right now. And he takes a beat. He goes, I forget it. <laughs> the president of the United States. So people are realizing it, right? For years, literally before Joe Biden was president, I, and I'm not the only one, was talking about there's something cognitively not right with this guy. We all know it, the wandering, the confusion, the starting of sentences that either don't end where they're supposed to go or just meander off completely like him wandering through the, the White House lawn, et cetera, et cetera. Um, between Cardi B, 
realizing that there's a sanitation problem and blaming that on Biden, and then say, Kevin Harkel, and this guy's not mentally right, it does show that something is happening. And then what did we have, what was it, about two weeks ago when David Axelrod, former Obama guy, suddenly was tweeting out, oh, Joe's getting kind of old. Like they really are figuring it out right now. Gavin Newsom hosting Xi Jinping, the president of China, like something is in the ether. But I mention all of this because one of the things that the machine does really well is no matter how bad the Democrats are, no matter how decrepit they are or confused or whatever's going on in their brains, no matter how bad their policies are that lead to sanitation problems in New York City and everything else, the Democrats always sort of stay in power, at least culturally, right? Occasionally we get some Republican presidents or Republican governors or whatever, but the cultural apparatus always somehow leans left. And one of the way they've been, ways they've been doing this for years now is basically saying to anyone who thinks a little bit differently, you are racist, you are Hitler. Here's Jimmy Kimmel talking about Trump and yes, and I know a lot of people have been comparing Trump to Hitler lately, but there are there's some major differences between. For instance, Hitler was married to a woman who loved him. Okay, <laughs> and and I will say, I get why people believe Trump is intentionally using words the Nazi used. I, I just don't agree that he is. In order to know what words the Nazis used, you, you'd have to read. Okay, you'd have to have. <laughs> some basic knowledge of history. Trump thinks Frederick Douglass is alive and doing an amazing job. <laughs> he thinks Lincoln invented the town car, okay? So he isn't echoing Nazi terminology. He's coming up with it all on his own. And you have to give credit where credit is due. You know that they actually electrocute those people so that they know when to laugh? Like they're all just sitting there like, that's when you're supposed to laugh. That's when you're supposed to laugh. It's just so terrible. Again, people are tuning these things out in droves, but we cannot understate the damage they have done when still, even right now, as we have people, hordes of people all over the globe calling for genocide, that the person that they, num the number one person that they called Hitler over the last couple of years was Donald Trump, who actually led to peace deals in the Middle East and everything else. But I wanna connect this to, to another thing because one of the things that's really interesting since October 7th uh, is that BLM, Black Lives Matter, the organization Black Lives Matter, which for two years wrecked chaos on our streets, right? And demolished buildings in the name of diversity and peace and burned down pep boys and they ransacked Target and you could take anything you want out of Best Buy and all of those things. BLM, which all of its leaders got super rich and had giant corporate power. They never sent a black kid to college, never helped a black person own a small business or anything else. One of the things that's, things that's interesting over the last couple of weeks is how just overnight, it just flipped into a pro-Hamas organization. And the apparatus, the community organizing, let's not forget, Barack Obama was a community organizer before he was senator and before he was president. The way that they have gotten these young people to just show up in droves, put on the kefia, uh, hold these flags, chant things that they have no idea what they mean, uh, it's, it's because of the cultural rot that has occurred in this country. So now there's this guy, Logan Paul. You've seen Logan Paul over the years, and he's a, what, he's a fighter now, and a, what was he originally? He was like some YouTube guy. Again, you don't have to care about him the same way you may not care about Cardi B, but you have to understand that these people infect the minds of young people. Uh, here's Logan Paul. It's a video from a couple days ago and then a throwback of Logan Paul. Uh, no, reverse that. It's a video from a couple years ago and then uh, a current video of Logan Paul explaining that his BLM woke thing, all of it, it's the best work he's ever done. It is not enough to be not racist. You have to be anti-racist. Yes. And it's still pinned on your Twitter. It, I think it's the most important thing I've ever said in my life. It, like, out of everything I've ever done, and I, I said this after that podcast, out of everything I've ever done in my life, that clip might have the biggest impact out of everything I've ever done. More than the boxing? Yeah. Wow. I think so. I think so. I am not familiar with all the incredible work of Logan Paul, as you can tell, uh, but a lot of people are, whether it's his YouTube videos or boxing or whatever else, and he is screaming that the most important thing you can be is anti-racist. Now, I suspect he's not giving all of his money to black people, 
which would help his anti-racist cause, but uh, you know how this thing works. But again, you don't have to care about him, you don't have to care about Cardi B or any of these things, but you have to understand, you don't have to care about Jimmy Kimmel, but you have to understand it starts affecting the brains of the people who are consuming this and who are algorithmically, let's say, pushed into believing this nonsense. So now, speaking of nonsense, there's a segue. On the televised mental institution known as MSNBC over the weekend, uh, a woman by the name of Mara Gay, and we've discussed Mara Gay a couple times on this program. She's no fan of mine. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, she went on NBC, MSNBC, and tried to tell people with a straight face that her six-year-old goddaughter now has less rights than she had, and it has something to do with Trump and fascism. Go. Nobody's going to go to the polls for democracy. Nobody really cares if women don't have the right uh, to decide what happens to their own bodies. Well, it turns out that Americans aren't as cynical as the rest of us, at least a majority of them. And that is why they're voting, because they do see Donald Trump, I believe, for who he is. They do see fascism. They are concerned about it. They want to have a better future for their children. My goddaughter is six years old and has fewer rights than I had 30 years ago. What the flying F are you talking about, lady? What right does your six-year-old goddaughter not have? It's simply not true. Also, this trick that they do, it's a psychological trick for people that are watching MSNBC who aren't that bright in the first place. But you have to vote our way because every time you don't vote our way, our way means democracy, and if you don't vote our way, you get fascism, right? Although these are the same people who have all of the corporate and government power, which when you combine those things, that actually is the F word. Anyway, Mara Gay, we saw the video and then I was like, you know what, Mara Gay's been unkind to me and this program, she, she's besmirched all of us in this room before. Uh, this is her in the New York Times, you may remember this, when she interviewed Andrew Yang when he was uh, running for mayor, listen to her question to Andrew Yang. Over the years, you've built your brand by frequently doing radio and other appearances with, with right-wing media personalities. At times, you said the Democrat Party should gravitate away from identity politics. You've supported automating fast food workers at times. Why appear on shows like The Dave Rubin Show, who regularly hosts white supremacists? I don't know what that has to do with automating fast food joints, but okay, yes. So first off, it's not... It's, it's called the Rubin Report, lady. It's not the Dave Rubin Show. I may do a spinoff one day. We'll call it the Dave Rubin Show. I don't know, I literally don't know any white supremacists I've ever put on the show, but anyway, you get it. This is just what they do with everything. But let's do a little bit more because as you know, Thursday is Thanksgiving. It is the one day a year that Americans get around the table and get a chance to hopefully be thankful for every bit of goodness that this country has given us and the freedoms that we have and all of that stuff, plus you eat some turkey and stuffing and undo the pants in the middle of the meal and all that. Well, you know what happens before Thanksgiving according to our mainstream media. We have to put people on television who will tell you that Thanksgiving is terrible, this country is evil, founded on racism, et cetera, et cetera. Here's a Native American activist on CNN calling to end Thanksgiving. Every year we go through uh, these rituals. These are rituals, these holidays, these concepts, these, they're part of our collective cultural mythology. And in America, there is a settler, a European foreigner, alien settler cultural mythology from my eyes as an indigenous person We've been here for a lot longer than the settler institutions are, are telling us or are teaching our children. And we're just now in a state where we're consciously deconstructing um, Euro, hetero, Christian programming. European foreign settler colonists, and it needs to be deconstructed. Do you see how for the last month when I've repeatedly been saying, if you think when they're done with the Jews that they're just gonna wrap it up, this is just the beginning and it's being seeded into our mainstream media narrative now. Once that guy gets on there and says that we Americans, and by the way, the, the guy that he's talking to, the black host of the show, he's talking to you, dude, you have no right to be here either. What he's saying is, well, you guys are European foreign settler colonists and we're gonna have to decolonize you. And by the way, we're cool with beheading when it comes to decolonizing. We're cool with raping and killing babies and a whole bunch of other stuff. So get ready 
for it. And there will be people out on the streets, I guarantee you, young people calling for violence against Americans, trying to blow up embassies, all of the stuff that you can possibly imagine and some stuff you probably can't imagine. But the fact that the week or just the days leading up to Thanksgiving, this is the nonsense they are putting on CNN. You just have to, again, when I talk about why did they call Trump Hitler for years and then you see where we're at now, I'm just trying to show you, they're doing it right now. They're calling America a colonist nation, white settlers, Christians, white people, ah, it's all scary. Just wonder where they're gonna be at in a couple of years. Uh, and if you wonder where they're gonna be at in a couple of years, you must just only go to colleges of today because they are breeding grounds for this leftist lunacy that then leaks out into society. Here is a, uh, a woke professor at the University of Denver. Uh, she teaches a class called Critical Whiteness. In my day, that would have been racist, but <laughs> what are you gonna do? Uh, anyway, University of Denver, and here she is uh, teaching that white people are inherently guilty worst thing, racism. And he talks about, um, at best as a white male, you can be, what was it? Anti-racist, anti white racist. Meaning I personally am uh, disgusted and will fight personally against this. But at the same time, I benefit as a white person in a white supremacist society. Something I don't want, but I still, be, I still bequeath benefit. I don't know, I, I'm trying to think of an equivalent because I know that's hard, that's kind of hard just to soak in, right? So I think of like, okay, do I have any Catholics in the room? <laughs> Can I just go here? You know, you're all sinners. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you, you know, had premarital sex or you had a child out of wedlock, you're all sinners anyway, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because by virtue of that, that overarching ideology, Women should be in a sanitarium, not teaching young people that they are guilty of something that they are not guilty of. She knows nothing of every single person's history in there and all of the stuff, but do you see what they do? So on one hand, CNN brings on Native Americans to talk about decolonization and white Christians and all that. Then University of Denver has classes to inherently te or to teach white people that they are inherently guilty, that this experiment, this great experiment, this precious, beautiful experiment of the United States is the bad thing. We wonder why everything is collapsing and young people are out there chanting for genocide and everything else. I think you got it. But now let's continue because it's not just the craziness of CNN or Jimmy Kimmel. It's not just the craziness of our college institutions. It's also the loony birds over at The View. And they had uh, the Department of Education Secretary Miguel Cardona on, and well, you're not gonna believe it, he also thinks that America is racist, the Supreme Court is evil, and the rest of it, and here he is with the noted racist herself, Sonny Hostin. But let me ask you this in terms of inclusivity. This past summer, the Supreme Court overturned nearly 50 years of affirmative action in college admissions. And you called recently that a new low point and warned, quote, in danger, we are in danger of a new Jim Crow era yeah. in some parts of this country. Are we already seeing the effects of that decision? And, and, and in your view, how long will the impact last? Look, we cannot rest until the diversity on our campuses reflects the beautiful diversity of our country. Yeah. That's what makes this country special. Yeah. And unfortunately, we're not there. And the Supreme Court decision, in my opinion, took us a step backward. Mm. But what I am seeing are college presidents doubling down. Yes. They're recruiting better. They're engaging with K-12 institutions. Mm -hmm. We have an opportunity to really go better than what the affirmative action results are. Mm. Uh, we need to hold ourselves accountable. And we need to remind colleges that we want our children to go to schools where they're gonna learn with people that are different than them. These are, these are such bad people. And the fact that the view audience, this is Upper West Side, New York City, these are all white liberals. Oh my God, it's so great, affirmative action. You idiots, do you realize it's your children that will not get into schools? Your children who you put all the money to put them in private schools and you did everything right with family and all that other stuff. Well, sorry, they're white, so they're just not gonna get into schools anymore. The reversal, of course, and they're talking about the Supreme Court reversal of affirmative action related to college admissions, which happened a few months ago, of course was right. We are supposed to be a colorblind society. 
Why is it, forget the Jews, right? It used to be Harvard and the Ivy League schools were always discriminating against the Jews because Jews cared about education and family and hard work. So there were too many Jews at Cornell, too many Jews at Harvard. This is a fact. So they used to discriminate against Jews, but it has moved on from it. The colleges are obviously done with the Jews. Now they openly discriminate against Asian kids because Asian kids, and it doesn't matter whether they're Japanese, Chinese, Korean, whatever, Generally speaking, their culture leads them to working hard. Tiger mom, right? You might say that's a little bit overboard and maybe they should be playing sports more instead of studying eight hours a day. But the, the overall feeling of the culture is one of hard work and dedication and meritocracy and all of those things. And what he wants and what racist Sonny Hostin want is people to get in based on the color of their skin. And of course, what that does over time is degrade the entire system. So if you have a young kid who gets into, let's say a, a high school, like a private high school, not because he deserves to be there because of the work that he's put in and everything else, but because of his skin color. Now he gets into a college because of his skin color. Now he gets into grad school because of his skin color. Then he gets the job because of skin color, et cetera, et cetera. Eventually our doctors will not know how to perform heart surgery, our pilots will not know how to fly, and you will be an idiot if you don't want a white doctor. You will want a white doctor because the doctors that are white will have had to work the hardest and been the most qualified to get the freaking job in the first place. I'm getting canceled for that one. Dave Rubin only wants white doctors. Anywho, uh, let's continue with the view because Anna Navarro, who of course lives in Florida, enjoys all the freedoms of Florida, then flies up to New York to complain about Florida all the time. Uh, here she is completely lying about the Florida education system, which is really probably the best in the entire country. We've removed wokeism. We have removed all of the racial stuff. Our schools are doing incredibly well, and we have no state income tax. We've still been able to fund our schools despite no state income tax. And here she is. Just everything this woman says is a lie. Enjoy. I think Joe Biden recruited very damn well when it comes to the Secretary of Education. <laughs> you make me so incredibly proud, Thank and you. the way you represent just fills my heart Thank every you. time you're here and every time Appreciate I see you. But we could spend an entire show on what's happening on my home state of Florida. Florida schools are a mess. They're teaching kids that some black people personally benefited from slavery. Mm -hmm. And there's so many books that have been banned that pop singer Pink is actually giving them out in her Florida concerts. So the culture wars being waged in our classrooms, you've said very bluntly, there is a team that is fighting yeah. for kids and a team that is fighting against kids. What do you mean by that? Look. Look at what we're trying to do. We're trying to open doors for all kids. When you talked earlier about like, um, like the GI Bill, mm -hmm. public service loan forgiveness is that for public servants to get them into professions, yes. nurses, like we're trying. And then we have a team that's trying to cut funding. We have a team that's trying to give local control. That's what we, as a teacher, I didn't want the federal government telling me yeah. what to teach or the state government. Yet we have state governments taking control of what teachers and parents could decide for their kids. We need to wake up and see what's happening, yeah. not only in Florida, but in other states. You know, I just had a thought, Connor. Can we start, when we play clips from The View, can we put them upside down? Because I think there's a bizarro world mentality with that show where everything they say that they purport to be good is actually the reverse. So she's lying about the schools. You all know about the book ban. So I guess pink, again, I'm not a pink, uh, what, what would be a white singer that I like? I like uh, Stevie Nicks, let's say. Uh, so Pink, I guess, is now handing out the books at her concerts that they've banned in Florida. So I guess if you go to a Pink concert and you bring your kid, they're gonna learn how you can, uh, I don't even wanna say it, like these books are pornography for children. Those are the books that have been banned. So, okay, you guys all get that. Like you wanna go to a Pink concert and then your six-year-old son can have a gender queer book. So you, uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, they are the ones who want the massive control over the Board of Ed, right? Who, who's in it with the teachers unions? Who's in it with the Board of Ed, the Department of Education? It's the Democrats. DeSantis and Florida, we have fought against that so that parents can go to school board meetings and say, oh, you know, we would just prefer not to have pornography in the third grade uh, narrative. Could we possibly do that? Would, would that just 
be okay. So of course, every, everything they say is a lie. But now I wanna show you another way. It's not just, of course, that they can lie about it on television, you guys get that. Whether it's, whether it's the Jimmy Kimmel layer, whether it's the View layer, all that stuff. There's something actually much more nefarious happening directly to your kids, and they're constantly going after the children. So this is wild. This is from the Libs of TikTok Twitter account. Uh, and you know Libs of TikTok, she gets in a lot of trouble with all the, all the evil people. Fruit Loops promotes free access to a digital library on their cereal boxes for kids. The library offers a range of books to teach kids themes of equity, diversity, and inclusion. Kellogg's wants to indoctrinate your children with breakfast cereal. Stop giving them your money. Instead, shop at uh, official public square uh, where you can find millions of products from companies that you can be sure to share your values. Check them out here, blah, blah, blah. But look at these images on the Fruit Loops box um, you can see their digital library and what's going on in their digital library. It's a free online library of equity, diversity, and inclusion, family-centric content, including books, podcasts, and more created in partnership, blah, blah, blah. All of this, all of this, it is, first off, you, if you are giving, I have two young children, like they have had basically no sugar. They're eating organic, they're eating real foods. These kids are huge, great, happy, and healthy. And I will never, the idea of giving them just a bowl of pure sugar, you're just giving them a bowl of sugar and die when you put Fruit Loops. And I get it, I loved Fruit Loops when I was a kid, right? But like there's a better way to parent but they are trying to hack their brains in two ways. They wanna hack their brains, get them, get them hopped up on sugar, nothing nutrition in the first place. And then, oh, you're all hopped up on sugar? Now go to our website where you can learn that you're racist. And then you've got this little five-year-old who's hopped up on sugar going, mommy, I'm racist. <laughs> it's just insane. Um, all right, you might go, David. You called me David there. It's, it's, you're, you're feeling very serious about this. David, it's a little bit much what you're pushing on us. What are you saying? They're trying to sugar up your kids' brains so that they'll start hating themselves for being white. What would, what, what, where would that lead? Where would that lead? Where would it lead? Well, it would lead to a place like, here, we're gonna show you a compilation video. This is Canada and London. Canada and London. Uh, these are young people who have lost their minds. I assume this is sugar and or Fruit Loop induced. You see what we did there? Like you hop these people up on sugar, you hand them diversity documents, and then you have this, what was that? A 10, 12 year old kid screaming about Intifada in Canada was the first one, and then the other guy was London. But again, all of these things, it's just a series of things to break the brains of everyone. I saw this one this morning on CNN. Here, this is what, this is just, look at this freaking thing. This rabbi says the fundamental threat in Israel is not Hamas, and we are to believe that this rabbi, Jessica Rosenberg, okay, Jessica, with her goatee, that is a dude dressed as a woman pretending to be a rabbi. As Carol Markowitz, my friend who's been on the show many times from the New York Post pointed out, there's something interesting happening here. Like they have to go to these crazy, crazy people to make it seem like those are, those are the Jews, right? Like, here's this dude with a goatee pretending to be a rabbi and he's into Hamas, because you, know, you know he would be treated really well if he went to Gaza. That the point is that, that sane people have unified. We're more quiet, our protests aren't as violent, we're not always screaming to kill everybody and everything else. You get the point, you get the point. These people are insane and we must keep calling out their insanity. So what do you do? What do you do? Well, you have to call out the insanity and then you have to defend the people who are unjustly being called bigots, racists, Nazis, anti-Semitic, et cetera, et cetera. So something really interesting happened over the last couple of days. Uh, there was a tweet from an account. This is just a completely, as far as I know, a totally random Twitter account, but it ended up getting Elon Musk into a bunch of hot water. So I wanna show you this. Uh, this, this guy, it's just breaking bat, whatever that is, wrote, 
Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. I'm deeply disinterested in giving the tiniest shit now about Western Jewish populations coming to the disturbing realization that those hordes of minorities that support flooding their country don't exactly like them too much. You want the truth said to your face, there it is. Now I will unpack that tweet in just a moment. What, what the reason that that Twitter, uh, that that tweet specifically went viral is because Elon Musk responded to that and said, you have said the actual truth. Okay, so you might hear that original statement, Jewish communities, and feel like there's something anti-Semitic going on here. Now it gets cleaned up just a bit because now suddenly everybody started calling Elon Musk an anti-Semite. So then Elon Musk followed up and he said, the ADL unjustly attacks the majority of the West despite the majority of the West supporting the Jewish people and Israel. This is because they cannot, by their own tenets, criticize the minority groups who are their primary threat. It is not right and it needs to stop. So that is 100% right. That is absolutely clear. Uh, a random person on Twitter cleaned it up a bit more for Elon. He wrote, yes, but it is not fair to say or truthful to say that Jewish communities promote dialectical hatred towards whites. Say what you want about the ADL, but don't generalize about the Jewish community. And Elon responded to that. You're right that this does not extend to all Jewish communities, but it's also not just limited to the ADL. Okay, so you get the point here. What, somewhat, what this original person was saying is there are these groups like the ADL. Now he said Jewish community, so that's a little bit butchered. And I'm gonna get to a video of Ben Shapiro cleaning this up a bit more in just a second. But the overriding point that there are groups like the ADL who spend way too much time calling everyone on the right Hitler racist and bigoted and Trump's evil and all of those things, rather than deal with the people who are here now who are chanting for genocide and everything else, and, and in many cases who have led to a lot of the bad immigration policies and tried to take out anyone who has wanted a border or anything else. That was Elon's point. He followed up one more time on this. He said, and at the risk of being repetitive, I am deeply offended by the ADL's messaging and any other groups who push de facto anti-white racism or anti-Asian racism or racism of any kind. I'm sick of it, stop now. Okay, these are all, by the way, themes that I talk about on this show all the time, right? So obviously I've been a big defender of the Jewish people and of Israel, but I am constantly defending white people and Christian people and straight people and Asian people because these things are all deeply connected to how evil collectivism and wokeness is. So over the last two days, there has been a massive assault by Media Matters and the ADL and a bunch of these other companies to boycott Twitter, right? Hit Elon Musk where it hurts, go after his advertisers. Well, Ben Shapiro got word of this and he fully defended Elon Musk. And it's certainly true. There are a lot of liberal Jewish organizations that supported a lot of the same policies that have now imported a lot of people who really hate Jews and Westerners into the West. And a lot of the very same people who are pushing DEI intersectional politics are now realizing the wages of that. That's true. A huge number of people in the media decided now was the time to link Musk and the alt-right and the so-called Jewish question and support the notion that Musk is some sort of crypto-Nazi. Now, it's not a coincidence, again, that a lot of the people doing just that are happily calling for Israel to cease fire in its war with Hamas. See, very often, anti-Semitism becomes a political football. When you can hang the label on Donald Trump or Elon Musk and you're on the left, you do it. However, when you're forced to denounce pro-Kamas protesters shouting from the river to the sea, Palestine must be free, suddenly you get a little shy. Thus, the same media leaping on both Trump and Musk has been downplaying the open Jew hatred at massive pro-Kamas protests around the globe, instead propagating lies about Israel's supposed human rights violations. Instead, they're focusing in on their political enemies like Trump and Musk and deeming them the acolytes of Hitler. Meanwhile, the actual Hitler acolytes who are out there waving Mein Kampf, they're like, those people, I mean, they are oppressed and brown. All right, so you get it. Few lay it out cleaner than Ben. There is no reason to think that Elon Musk is an anti-Semite. Even if you want to get hung up on Jewish communities, right? As opposed to Jew, you know, these lefty Jewish-related organizations, like everyone sees exactly what's going on here. But then what happened? Well, the left-wing hacks at Media Matters started a coup against Elon 
and Twitter. And they started this massive boycott and they got a whole bunch of companies like Apple and a bunch more to now boycott advertising on Twitter. Uh, here's a, a tweet from Travis and Flint with a bit more happening now. This morning, Elon Musk announced a lawsuit against Media Matters and those who colluded with them in attempt to smear X. What happened? Media Matters ran an alt account and was refreshing the feed at, feed at an alarming rate in an attempt to get ads to appear next to bad content. The reality is the content was only seen by one or two people, including the Media Matters account that published it. X actually did what they said they'd do. They limited the reach of anything offensive. What Media Matters wants is for the internet to be completely regulated so the only content they agree with, so only content they agree with can be shared. They're using advertisers and manipulating data to achieve that. Who's excited to see Media Matters be sued? into oblivion. And yes, uh, Elon Musk is gonna sue the Twitter. So we will find out more about that. I think he's, he's lodging the official lawsuit this morning. So like things are moving on that front. But you guys get it, Ben's overriding point. The same people who have no problem with people screaming calls for genocide and river to the sea and all of that stuff, they will now deeply try to hang it up on Elon Musk that he is an anti-Semite. As a matter of fact, we should have shown you this clip today, uh, but uh, Ron DeSantis was on Jake Tapper's show yesterday, and Jake Tapper, out of nowhere, with no other previous context, tried to get Ron DeSantis to say that Elon Musk was an anti-Semite, and, and DeSantis just did a master class, like, I'm not playing those games with you, uh, type of answer. Uh, this is a good time for me to mention that we have opened a new account on X to promote this show. So I'm separating sort of my personal thoughts from the show promotion. Uh, so if you are on the Twitter and if you're not, God bless you. But if you are, uh, you can follow our show account at Ruben Report Show on the Twitter. Uh, so what is the other big thing that happened over the last couple days that is deeply connected to all of this woke insanity, that's deeply connected to the bad guys being called good guys and the good guys being called the bad guys? Well, there is a new president in Argentina. Uh, here's a tweet from Colin Rugg of Trending Politics. Meet Argentina's new president, Javier Malay. When he was growing up, kids called him the madman because of his energetic outbursts. At the age of 18, Malay, who was a soccer player, gave up the sport to pursue a career in economics. Malay started getting famous for debates on live television where he would hurl insults at his rivals along with his madman energy. After a 2018 incident where Malay called a journalist a donkey, a court, a local court, ordered a psychological exam after he refused to apologize for gender violence. Malay hates wokeism, hates socialism, hates the media, hates excessive government spending, hates the political elite, and loves his country. And now, if you have not seen Javier Malay, here is a bit of a compilation, and enjoy. Ministerio de Cultura, afuera. Ministerio de Ambiente y Desarrollo Sostenible, afuera. Ministerio de las Mujeres y Género y Diversidad. ¿En qué locura estamos viviendo? La locura de la corrección política estúpida, donde básicamente, no, si ustedes no recitan el socialismo cool, si ustedes no son wok, entonces son violentos, son un peligro para la democracia. Vamos, muchachos. Seguro. Sigamos con estas estupideces y, y en lugar de ser 140, vamos a hacer la villa miseria más grande del mundo. I'll have what he's having. Yeah, you can see why something exciting is gonna be happening down in Argentina. And now the, the question is, will he be able to do those things? Will he be able to cut those agencies? What will the globalists and the World Economic Forum and everything else, every other like globalist apparatus do to take out Argentina, right? Because they he's the Trump of Argentina, clearly. What is with these, Boris Johnson has it too, these people, like if you have crazy hair, you basically get good politics. That has somehow become a thing. Uh, anyway, he is pissing off all of the right people because he is, he is, you know, they're trying to frame him as like he's far right, the implication being he's somehow racist, even though there's no notion that he's racist. He just wants enough of the government spending. He hates the wokesters and the socialists, but he is pissing off all of the right people. This is three days ago, so it's two days before he got elected. Look what he had the balls to do in Argentina. Do we have it? I think we have it. Nope, uh, let's go back. Uh, him, we, yeah, there he is, waving the Israeli flag 
and he just won by a landslide. So yeah, he is going to piss off all the right people. Just a little more context on his election, actually, from The Guardian. Uh, with more than 99% of the votes counted, the Mick Jagger impersonating TV celebrity turned politician, who's often compared to Donald Trump, has secured 56% of the vote, compared with 44% for his rival, the center-left finance minister, Sergio Massa. And check out some of the celebrations in Argentina. People are happy. You know, they have had a massive uh, economic meltdown in their country for the last at least two decades. And maybe, you know, virtually everyone there works for the government. It got too big. It wrecked everything. Does that sound familiar? But maybe things are about to turn around. Vamos! The man, the myth, the legend. Have we got a Bitcoin president with a beautiful orange Bitcoin sunset? All right, so maybe some good things are happening. It's not often on this show that we talk about Argentina, but you never know where like the, the comeback is gonna start from and, and there, there is a beautiful, beautiful moment. I'm gonna show you one more of Javier Malia in just a second, but before we do that, everything that I have talked about today is the stuff that you know, right? Wokeism, socialism, the gender stuff. All, <laughs> I didn't do it today. <laughs> um, all of it has wrecked and ransacked so much of what is good about the West, right? We have people teaching our kids, not only that their genders don't, their genitals don't match their gender, but the very country they live in is evil. We have watched so many things just absolutely collapse and, and we need only look at a mirror. It's on all of us for what has happened here, but it, we haven't completely given it up yet. So now I would like to show you a warning. This is from George Orwell, of course, the author of 1984, uh, with his, uh, well, they say this is sort of uh, his final warning to the world. And tell me, uh, does this seem chilling, yay or nay? But he left one final warning. You once claimed that you have an ability to face unpleasant facts. Is that what you demonstrated in 1984 by drawing an accurate portrait of the future? Something like 1984 could actually happen. This is the direction the world is going in at the present time. In our world, there will be no emotions except fear, rage, triumph and self-abasement. The sex instinct will be eradicated. We shall abolish the orgasm. There will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. But always, there will be the intoxication of power. Always, at every moment, there will be the thrill of victory, the sensation of trampling on an enemy who is helpless. If you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. The moral to be drawn from this dangerous nightmare situation is a simple one. Don't let it happen. It depends on you. Way he looked into the camera there, you know, like when I talk to you guys and I'm like, it's up to you. It's the same thing. No one will come and save you. We're going to occasionally get some politicians that'll do some good, right? but even they only appear because of us. And he is right, George Orwell. That's gotta be probably 50 years ago, that video, something like that. And he is right. The warning that he wrote in 1984, which was well before that, is that the West is heading in this direction where it will just be the boot on all of us. But there is good news. They're also kind of stupid. The wokesters for all of their plans and the socialists for everything they've wrecked, they're not the brightest people. And, and the human spirit does win over time. So what I call on you to do today is summon your inner, your inner Javier Malia, fight back, call it out, find your inner Cardi B, get your bucket and whatever she had on the side of the bucket, it was a whole <laughs> thing, and fix this country. And here's one more with Javier. Al zurdo de mierda no le podés dar ni un pero, milímetro. Pero ¿Me puede definir zurdo de mierda que no Todos lo los que, digamos, los colectivistas, <risa> los que ponen, digamos, o sea, esa idea. A ver, ¿Por es... qué le pones de mierda, digamos? Porque son una mierda. O sea, vos me si... clas... no, pero, pero es que si pensás distinto, te van a aniquilar. 
Ese es el punto. Es decir, vos al zurdo no le podés dar un milímetro, porque le das un milímetro y lo toma para destrozarte. Es decir, usa, digo, o sea, vos no podés negociar con el zurdo. No se negocia. No se negocia con esa mierda, no se negocia porque te van a llevar puesto. Si tienen un golpeador que caga trompadas a la mujer, digamos, si es de ellos, se pone el, el pañuelito verde y grita todo el tiempo contra el neoliberalismo, lo ocultan. ¿Me entendés? O sea, si de repente hay alguien que acosó a otra, a una, un periodista que acosó a otra periodista, lo ocultan. Es decir, a todos los de ellos lo ocultan. Todas esas aberraciones la ocultan. Ahora, si vos estás del otro lado, a vos te van a estropear, te van a matar, te van a dar con lo que sea. No les importa arruinarte la vida. ¿Por qué? Porque no pensás como ellos. ¿Y sabes qué es lo bueno de todo esto? Hay algo bueno en todo esto. Porque como el error es humano... Como todos nos podemos equivocar, ¿sabes qué nos obligan? Nos obligan a ser mejores. Y como estamos siendo tan mejores con ellos, como los estamos aplastando en la batalla cultural, los estamos pasando de arriba, porque no solo le ganamos en lo productivo, somos superiores moralmente, somos superiores estéticamente, somos mejores en todo. Y les duele, les duele. Entonces, como no pueden pelear con las herramientas legítimas, se, ap se apalancan en el aparato represivo del Estado, poniendo torres de guita para hacernos mierda. Y aún así no pueden, no pueden, tuvieron que bajar la nota, tuvieron que bajar la nota, ¿me entendés? Que están perdiendo, están desesperados, están perdiendo la batalla cultural, los zurdos de mierda, por primera vez se ven acorralados los zurdos de mierda. For those of you listening on the audio podcast who didn't get the translation there, he loosely said, I don't like leftists and you shouldn't either. That would be the rough translation of that whole thing. I think you get the point, guys. There are people waking up. There are people voting the right way. There are more of us than there are of them. We just have to be brave enough to call a spade a spade, and then perhaps we can fix this thing. That is our Monday program for you. Uh, if you want to join us for the post-game show right now, it's rubenreport.locals.com, live at 1 p.m. on People of the Internet. Oh, and my interview with Stella Assange, that is Julian Assange's wife, we did that in London at the ARC conference, which was really, I think it was about a mile and a half, if I'm not mistaken, from where Julian Assange is being held right now in prison. Uh, it, was, it was really something else, like powerful interview. Uh, you can check that out across platforms. And just another reminder, if you are on X slash Twitter, uh, follow the show account at Ruben Report Show. Do we have a meme Monday for the good people? I think we might have a meme Monday for you. Yes, this was my mean Monday. And as you can see, uh, People seem to only care about dead people in the Middle East when it has something to do with the Jews, and we better trust the Hamas numbers. Uh, but when, you know, 400 are killed, 400,000 are killed in the Iraq war, no protests, Congo war, about 900,000, eh, you know, a little, little bit less, you get the point. Uh, we leave you with, oh, it's the birthday today of Joe, how old is he? He's 81? Is it 81? Yeah. Joe Biden is 81 today, and here he is over the weekend doing something strange with a six-year-old child. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you, and I love your ears. I love them, they're really cool. What's your name? Catherine. Catherine, what a beautiful name. That's my mommy's name. Well, nice to see, how old are you, 17? Six. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.